the Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. You can find me on Twitter at BDR Dangle. That's D E N G E L. We've got Jack Wright, the pride of Knox College, at J Wright BDR. Patrick Sheldon, you can find him at P underscore Shells. You can read him on Fansided. You know he's that Providence College alumni. And of course, tonight we've also got Brendan Chagru. You can read him on the Midway Minute. You can find him on Bears Wire. St. Ambrose College loves to say, hey, Brendan Chagru graduated from this place. Uh, you can also find him at Brendan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Boys, shocker. I'm I'm just I'm so shocked right now that the Bears got embarrassed again. Ah, but 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 I will say this. They played really well in the first half and they scored 30 whole points, Jack. That was amazing. There was some real fun in the first half. Excitement that I think kind of had us all reeling and very surprised. I think most of us expected that it was going to be a trouncing. And so yeah, it was just fun to watch some of that really, truly exciting breakout football in the first half. I, I, I enjoyed it. It was really fun to watch. Yeah, it's kind of like a relationship or maybe a date you're on that you know is just not going to end well. But you're going to enjoy the ride anyway because there's going to be some fun moments. And that's kind of what I felt like. Like, we all felt that this lead wasn't going to last, right? I mean, it was inevitable. So just, yeah, it's pretty much what everybody expected. And the national audience just got to see what we all get to see every week. And that's just pain and misery. Yeah. That first half was fun. Um, you know, who else had fun in the first half was Matt Nagy <laughs> so much so that I think he forgot in the locker room that he's supposed to be a head coach and like make adjustments and stuff. But, but that would just be par for the course. Cause he's never made a halftime adjustment in his entire coaching career. So not only that, but can't recognize that the Packers made second half adjustments, which is even better. Oh boy. Ryan, I'm curious, aside from the football playing and aside from the dishonesty of number 12, what do you think about the flow? How are you feeling about his hair? He looks like a homeless person and he needs okay. a haircut. Right, yeah. He needs a haircut in the worst place. Well, obviously I don't, I don't know, but here's the thing. Like, I like Sheridan's. Yeah, maybe we wouldn't want to send him there. I, I know you like Sheridan's. I like Sheridan's. And I kind of think like, like if Will, like if you're listening and, and Aaron Rodgers sat down in your chair, like, would you give him a good cut? Cause like your name is on there, but like at the same time, it's Aaron Rodgers and he's probably gonna lie about it anyway, right? Oh, are you kidding me? I haven't heard anybody be more honest this uh, this season than Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Uh, that's what Chris Collinsworth has to say. Well, regardless, you can find Sheridan's Barbershop located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They have been serving the community for 67 years. They've got five barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. You can book your appointment online or give them a call at 630 668 0137. I like going to Sheridan's barbershop.com, uh, make my appointments online. Super easy to do. Sheridan's barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, boys, let's just jump right into it. We want to hear what Brendan has to say about the game. I, I always know that he's going to make me feel a little bit better 
about this whole thing when we get Brennan's breakdown. So, Brennan, let's hear it, baby. We travel north to the land of both 2% milk and 2% literacy ratings, Green Bay, Wisconsin, as the Bears and Packers renewed their annual spanking up at Lambeau Field. But it was the Bears who took the paddle from Green Bay early on. After Cryo Santos found himself right at home in the frozen tundra of Green Bay with an early field goal, the Bears started to pour it on. Jakeem on, keeping on Grant, blazed up the field for the 10-0 lead. But Green Bay wasn't about to be run out of their own building. Allen Leapin' Lizard snagged a touchdown to cut the deficit. Then a pick six from Justin Fields to Rasul Douglas had everyone holding onto their butts. But the Bears responded in kind when Fields said, I've got Demir Bird, he's gonna run away All the way to the end zone He's so fast, he's all alone Minutes later, Grant took a Packers punt coast to coast Dashing to the end zone faster than it takes a Green Bay fan To show you a picture of their stupid shareholder certificate Newsflash, nobody gives a damn The half continued to go back and forth But the Bears had a 27-21 lead Matt Nagy said he was having so much fun but apparently he has a different definition from the rest of us, judging from his halftime adjustments. F is for footballs that don't get handed off. U is for uninspired. N is for never gonna be aggressive. Cause who cares? I'm gonna get fired. And in a touching homage to Nagy, I'm going to pay him tribute by glossing over the second half, just like he did. Green Bay 45, Bears 30. Those get better every week. Like every week, I'm like, that one's my favorite. That did was you, awesome. Did you sing in high school, uh, or were you in the like the chorus? I was the a choir band or? kid. I sang through my kid. instrument. <laughs> did you, okay. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a that, that's how I sing. There. So did did I, please sing. Please tell me you guys got the SpongeBob reference though. I didn't. I didn't I'm grow not, up with SpongeBob. I'm aging myself. Yeah, I'm. I'm so, no. I'm in no, that category, Jack. Sorry. All right. Yeah, no. Well, our our younger younger listeners, hopefully my age, you know, because I'm I'm you know still kind of young here. We'll hopefully get that song, the F U N song. So go YouTube that after this, and I think you'll appreciate it a little more. But yeah, <laughs> thank you. I'm glad though. I, I had an extra day to sit on it, so you came I, out you know, usually helps. Firing with the literacy rates, and I was that was awesome. It. That was awesome. It <laughs> was so good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, it's funny too. I got into, uh, I usually try not to get into it back and forth with people on Twitter. Like sometimes if they'll, they'll, they'll write something, I'll just kind of like, I'll just leave it. But one of the green Bay fans who writes one of the blogs up there, like went after one of my tweets and I was like, he obviously didn't read it. Uh, the way that it's written, it was talking about how Jalen Johnson played well early uh, not to say that he didn't give up a touchdown, uh, but you know, he just, he, uh, whatever it, it is what it is. I, I quick shout out boys before I forget Matt Urich, uh, does some really good work. Um, he talked and talked and talked. And I think I've seen like five tweets of his that Jakeen Grant was going to take one for a tutty, uh, at some point in the return game. And lo and behold, he did it. All right, boys, let's hop right into it. There's a lot to talk about with this game. Overall thoughts in the game. Let's go. Jack. Brendan, Patrick, and I will finish it up. Well, I think it was an exciting game and there were flashes of really excellent play by the Bears. It really does come down to, uh, I think, some simple things. First of all, uh, it really is like the players on the field, the Packers just have better athletes. The coaches on the sidelines 
the Packers have better coaches. They're better at game planning, game management. They're better at halftime adjustments. They're better at just about everything when it comes to to coaching their team. They're better at player development. Uh, and in the front office, um, they're better at finding talent. <laughs> they're better at um, scouting. They're better at analytics. They're better at handling the cap. Uh, I know they, they caught a lot of fierce fire uh, for you know what was going on with you know Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, but they pretty much just stayed quiet. And in the meantime, they bolstered that defense, and they've been doing patchwork on the offensive line, and it shows they're hot and heating up at just the right time. And so, I mean, when it comes right down to it, when you take that and the fact that they've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row, what are we really talking about here, right? I mean, yes, there could have been a miracle upset and that would have been so fun to watch. But when we look at the brass tacks of this thing, really from the players to the coaches, to the front office, we're outclassed in every way. Why does it feel like the Packers are just on an entirely different level? And I mean, like that level is massive. Aaron Rodgers, I think he now has the most touchdowns. I think the stat was, I should get this right, but he's the only quarterback to have like the most touchdowns against one particular team. He broke that against the Bears. So that's like an NFL record for any quarterback ever against one single team. He does own us. And that really pisses me off. And seeing seeing all those signs and all the references in the broadcast at the stadium, it really got to me like in a bad way, because we as fans, we're always going to be here. We are always going to be rooting for this team until the day we die. And the players, players like Allen Robinson, players like, I don't want to call Akeem Hicks out because he plays with a lot of heart and passion, but Akeem Hicks probably isn't going to be here next year. These guys are mercenaries and they're only doing this essentially for a couple years at a time and they're gone. I know some of them think they're bears for life, but a lot of them are just going to move on to a different team. And that sucks because we're the ones that have to deal every single day and seeing all of this stuff about how Rogers and the Packers own us. And we can't do a goddamn thing about it. We just have to sit there and take it. The players, the coaches, the front office, they're the ones that can actually make a difference. And time and time again, we continue to see that doesn't happen. And yeah, the first half was a lot of fun. It was a lot of smoke and mirrors, but it really came down to halftime adjustments for this game, particularly. And yeah, Jackie said it like bears were outclassed. They had better coaches, better athletes. And just the fact that Nagy went away from everything that worked in the first half to run the ball with David Montgomery once to see that Devonte Adams was being put on other cornerbacks, not named Jalen Johnson and torching the secondary. I mean, all those things, it's like, duh. But yeah, my big thing is I just continue to see the stupid ownership comments and I hate that I can't do anything about it. I have to sit there and take it because as a fan, I don't have the power. The Bears have the power and they refuse to do anything time in and time out. I think two things jumped out at me watching the game. The first is the uh, players level of apathy is seemed to catch up with the fans level of apathy. Uh, whether it's Allen Robinson and whatever the hell he was doing on that downfield block um, on the Justin Fields run, or, you know, uh, yet another example of Justin Fields laying out on the ground because his offensive line couldn't protect him for more than a second and a half and being late to go over and help him up. And, you know, he rolls over and knocks out a few push-ups while he's waiting for his, uh, what should be, you know, his guys 
going over there to help him up and and be pissed. Like I, I don't know if it was Olin or, or somebody said it. One of the former players said it. Like nobody on this team seems to give a shit. Nobody gets pissed. Nobody gets angry. Uh, even after the game, it was kind of like, you know, let's just lick our wounds and get back into the locker room and, and we'll take another ass whooping from the Packers. Um, there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of give a shit on the team. And um, it's really showing. And I, I've been saying Nagy has uh, needs to get fired for a long time. And I'm afraid like this is starting to seep into the culture. And I don't know how many of these players are going to be here next year, but they need to get a coach and some players who have that fire burned in their belly to play the Packers and, and want to beat them. Like as meatballish as that sounds, they need to have some players that care. Uh, and I, I think they're losing interest fast. The other thing that stood out to me is the hypocrisy of Matt Nagy. You know, we heard him for years talk about this touchdown and check down mentality. And yet week in and week out, he displays the kind of chicken shit play calling that we've seen from him during his entire tenure. He's got a quarterback who can throw the deep ball. That's like what he does best. And instead, it almost seems like he's just trying to stay afloat out there. I mean, I don't know how many times he he threw the ball on first down. I, I didn't count, but anecdotally, it wasn't many. It couldn't have been more than a handful at, at most. And then when he seemed to get into short yardage situations on second down, it was like, let me just keep running the ball uh, to try to get that first down instead of taking a shot downfield. It was like he just he he was playing not to lose by a ton rather than trying to play to win. And uh, for all that we heard about this touchdown and check check down mentality, it seems like it was all just a bunch of bunch of malarkey. That fourth and inches was brutal. That was brutal. Brutal. Dude, dude, your career, your career. No, 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 not, not the season. Your career as a coach is on the line. And he even said it today. He's like, yeah, I should have gone for it. <laughs> dude, anyone in the stadium can tell you, don't give, don't give the ball back to 12. What? Like, don't, don't. If it's Tom Brady, if it's Tom Brady, right. Or if it's Aaron Rodgers, don't give the ball back to 12. Don't freaking do it. And you know, you're right. Just he's, he's playing to not lose the game. I heard Nagy say like, yeah, I should have gone for it. I listened to his press conference last night. He defended it last night. Like seriously, you're switching 12 hours later. Like he's like, yeah, you could see both sides of it, but I saw the side where, you know, we are, I believed in our defense. And then 12 hours later, he's like, yeah, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. Like seriously, man, come on. I think it shows that he doesn't have a feel for the game ever. Knowing the situation, you could have made a case in certain instances that punting it and allowing your defense to stop the Packers so that you could get the ball back and potentially still win the game would be the right move, but not in this situation. It's so clearly evident. Your defense is decimated. You you could see it coming. You punt it away, and there's a 13-play, 71-yard drive that takes forever. It ends in a touchdown. That was your shot to win. It was your shot to win right there. And if you couldn't see the flow of the game again i think in every situation you might make a different decision but in that situation i think it once again shows to the inability that he has to to really sense the game in so many ways and that was that was egregious i mean you really needed to go for it there to win the game i want to really try to think positively about this whole thing and i tweeted this out uh there are two overall thoughts that i had at the, at the conclusion of this game justin fields is going to be special he has made a couple really bad like that that one intercept the first interception i mean that was brutal 
but he responded by then throwing a 54 yard touchdown uh, on almost the next series. Right. So how do you not love that? He showed his ability to rush 74 yards rushing. Um, he just escapability. Sure. You know, he missed a couple plays here and there, but I just, every time I watch him, I think he's getting better and better and better. And I just feel like this is it. We've, we've, we may finally truly have the quarterback. And the second thought that I had was green Bay's special teams is abysmal. And that team is not going deep into the playoffs. If that's going to be the case, there are going to be some teams that are going to take advantage. You had an onside kick. You had a punt return for a touchdown. How many yards was it? 97? 97. <laughs> I they're they're awful at special teams and I, it just it and a, and a really good team that is not the Chicago Bears is going to find a way to take advantage of that and that's not going to go well. I know I want to stay mm-hmm. positive and I just just as a quick shout out to our guy Chad Chad and I and and a couple of the BDR crew we were going back and forth last night. Um, I don't know that Chad or that anybody knows this uh, for the BDR crew we actually we're we're picking who wins the game. We don't pick with our hearts. We're, we're picking with our wallets. And I know that sounds terrible, but uh, our boss offered up uh, a cash prize for the writer slash podcaster that picks the most wins. And so, you know, while I always cheer for the bears, I know Jack Wright cheers for the bears, Brendan, Patrick, all of us, Logan, you name it. We're all cheering very loudly for the Chicago bears. We have to pick with our heads. And unfortunately we, we picked correctly uh that that the bears were we're gonna get smoked in this one yeah we don't want to be right it's just like i say when i pick my fantasy teams uh, my dad god bless him still plays fantasy he's like 92 years old and he's pretty good at it but he picks white Sox all the time and i'm like dad the white Sox, you know up until recently they're not very good dad you know and it, it doesn't mean my dad's a diehard white Sox fan there's no doubting it but i think similarly in this situation why would i pick the team that clearly is like, what are the percentages? I don't even know what the odds were. Like there was very little chance for them to win. So I would like to win the cache. I want to beat Brendan right now. I think it's me and him and Ozzy, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure. Lo- Logan, Logan's are. in that one too. I Logan, think uh, right. I, I would have to win out and you guys would have to lose a couple in order to, right. to win it. But yeah, but so yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a close race for sure. All right, boys, it's time to get to the outhouse and the penthouse. Before we get into the outhouse and the penthouse, I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit and just let everybody in on some conversations we've been having. So Ryan Dangle is so flipping excited that he is finally getting high speed internet at his house. He has had some rough internet and I'm telling you, he is like a kid on Christmas getting high speed internet. And I'm not going to lie. The fact that you've had to deal with like such rough internet, I would have, you have a great house. Ryan has a great house. I've seen pictures of it. His backyard is fantastic, but I'm not going to lie, man. I might've moved if I wasn't able to get high speed internet. And if I was going to move, I would call our guy, Jeff Cadwalder. So if you're thinking about buying or selling a home, maybe you can't get high speed internet in your area and it's just bringing it down. You got to call Jeff Cadwalder of GenevaJeff.com today. Learn more about how he can help you buy or sell your home. Jeff Cadwalder at with At Properties knows you need experience when it matters most. So visit GenevaJeff.com today or call or text Jeff directly at 630-254-4734. 
It is a true story. And, and Brendan, thank you for saying it. I think uh, some of you may have noticed over the last two or three episodes, a few glitches. I try to fix most of it in editing, but unfortunately my internet is, and I mean this sincerely, this is not an exaggeration, one step up from dial-up. Uh, and so we just, we live in kind of a remote area. Uh, it, it just, again, our, our, our property is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're thinking that, that later this week it, it's going to happen. And hopefully all of you that are listening will be able to notice a little bit difference in quality. So apologize for having terrible, terrible internet. All right, boys, bears lose. We're going to go to the outhouse first. So let's go. Patrick, Brendan, Jack, and I will finish it up. Who's in your outhouse, boys? So uh, my outhouse is the water carrying that Chris Collinsworth was doing for Matt Maggie. Holy Christmas, guys. Uh, I thought I thought Tony Romo was bad when he was laying it on for Ryan Pace. But the amount of water carrying that Collinsworth did for Nagy, one, we get it. He's a good guy. He's really nice. I'd love to have a beer with him. That's fine. The problem is that's how George McCaskey thinks. He, he thinks as long as he's a nice guy uh, that could round out the foursome um, and around a golf, then he, he's qualified to be a head coach. Right. But we all know that that doesn't make him a, a good head coach. So great. He's a nice guy. But then Collinsworth went into this whole thing about how, you know, Mitch wasn't um, Nagy's choice, how, how Mitch was kind of forced on Nagy, which was was horse hockey. Right. I mean, he took the job. He knew exactly what he was getting into. He knew who, who his quarterback was. And he's this offensive guru uh, that came in and, and was supposed to develop Mitch, not, um, you know, recycle through three different quarterbacks. And then uh, he acted as if Nagy had set the groundwork somehow for the next coach and said, well, you know, as these things often happen, the next coach is going to kind of come in and, and reap the benefits of Justin Fields. Um, look, I, I, I get it. Uh, you want to stump for your guy or you feel bad for him, but, um, I just thought the whole broadcast was incredibly unprofessional, whether it was, um, you know, the the disingenuous hyping up of, of uh, Aaron Rodgers and what an honest guy he is, despite the elephant in the room that they didn't address, which is his outright lie about being vaccinated. Um, and, and then the the um, obvious water carrying for Matt Nagy, the broadcast was terrible. They were unprepared. I really don't think that they truly have their finger on the pulse of uh, the Chicago Bears and just how dysfunctional that whole situation is. Felt like they mailed it in. And and uh, so they're in my outhouse this week. I'm really I'm really glad that I was with one of my buddies and we were talking a lot during the game because I missed a lot of what Collinsworth and Michaels had to say. But I obviously heard a bit and man, it was it was bad. And I mean, Shells, you're right. Like Collinsworth and Nagy they're tight Collinsworth had Nagy on his show on his podcast I think he did he was one of the first interviews that uh he did after they drafted Fields. so clearly he's like hey can you throw me some bones here and and I will say I I'm a huge fan of Al Michaels I think he's lost his fastball I'm really and it pains me to say that so that that was well said uh I'm gonna keep it simple for my outhouse it's Matt Nagy in the second half I mean everything he did just turned to crap. They scored three total points after scoring 27. They ran the ball once with David Montgomery after a very good first half where the RPOs, the runs, the play actions, everything was actually working pretty well. And he, he really didn't screw it up all that much. 
he just completely torpedoed it. He didn't make any halftime adjustments. He was cowardly on the fourth and inches. He was cowardly kicking the field goal because, hey, he, hey, guess what? I scored 30 against the Packers. That maybe should keep me around for a little longer. You can't – I mean, either way, you had to score a lot. You chose to take the easy way out. I, I just can't – I don't know. It's your biggest rival. It's your rivalry game. Have some heart. Have some passion in it. Yeah, people clown Lovey Smith when he said, first thing we're going to do is beat Green Bay. I loved it. And you know what? He did that. And to pile on Sheldon's point again, the broadcast did Lovey Smith so goddamn dirty when they lumped him in that group of all the head coaches with Mark Tressman and John Fox. You put some goddamn respect on that man's name. You go. I love it. It's fired up in a good way. I was going to say like, hey, listen, Shells, could you watch your language? You got a Holy Christmas in there and uh, something about bull hockey or something. The horse right? hockey. Yeah, it's a horse hockey. Show, like horse hockey. Like, That's listen. what we play down in South Carolina because we don't oh, have okay. ice, so we yeah. play horse I didn't hockey. Hear, I didn't hear uh, <laughs> Chagru swear at all, so follow his lead. That's what I say. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't want to steal any thunder. I had. I definitely had Collinsworth carrying water on my list. Uh, you know, the halftime adjustments or lack thereof. I've got, you know, everybody in the secondary not named Jalen Johnson is in my house. Uh, the officiating, I mean, I am not a, a conspiracy theorist, especially not in modern times. I like facts and I like to try to like investigate things. But I'm telling you, like, how many times can there be penalties in these situations that are game changing penalties that are so blatantly obvious that you, you muff a punt that could be the difference in the game. I don't know. I mean, Kendall Vildor, it seemed like he did the best he could to get back in bounds once he was out of bounds. It seemed like a super soft penalty penalty to me. It looked to me like, uh, you know, the Bears uh, were penalized. Uh, oh, I think it was uh, seven penalties for 41 yards um, while the Packers were, were three for 30. That's a long lead up. Real quick, and I'll make it fast. The person that's in my house without a doubt is Jordan McCaskey. Here's why. Um, in his 11th season as the Bears chairman, um, only one season has been a winning season. That was 2018. There's been zero playoff wins. Uh, only six clubs have uh, lost more games. I'm sorry, only six clubs have less wins uh, than the Bears. And the Green Bay Packers have won 19 out of 22 games uh, since Jordan McCaskey has been the, the chairman. I mean, for a moment, think about that 11-year tenure. That's atrocious. Nobody with that type of resume should should keep a job. Nobody. One winning season, no playoff wins, and losing 19 of 22 to Green Bay. I mean, <laughs> insert nail in coffin. As just a really quick one, the Collinsworth Rogers it reminded me of something and I'm, I'm curious to know if you guys felt the same. It reminded me of a guy who used to love another green Bay quarterback who would talk about him when he wasn't even playing the game. Come on guys. Who is it? John man, Brett Favre, Brett Favre. <laughs> I just can't do like, it. John man. I think, it, I think it was like the Seahawks were playing like the 49ers and I, I, I was like, I'm going to count, like legitimately count. And he said Brett Favre's name 12 times in a game that he wasn't playing. And 
Collinsworth was worse. I mean, it was just, it was, what are you doing, man? Come on. Like, yeah, we all know he's, he's good because he's a D bag of a person, whatever. Sorry. We're moving on. Okay. (laughs) Another question for you boys. Who is the best, most consistent offensive player on the Chicago bears right now? Going David Montgomery. Montgomery. David Mont freaking Gummery. So boys, let me, let me, let me just see if I could kind of figure this one out. 10 carries. What, what, why? So, so how do you beat a prolific offense? One of the ways you can do it is keep them off of the freaking field. And they didn't do that. As soon as he has one, like not great run, I just feel like Matt Nagy's like, well, obviously our run game is never going to work again. So let's just throw it out completely. I just, I cannot wait for this guy to go. I, I, I've gotten a few people that have reached out to me like, Hey, the Tomlin thing, like, Pittsburgh is not stupid, right? And, the, and since 1970, they've had three head coaches, three, three head coaches. They know what they're doing. That guy's not going to go. If somehow, some way he left Pittsburgh and decided, hey, I want to, I think Chicago would be a very attractive position for him. You've got a young quarterback. You've got a, a, a pretty good, at least some pieces of a good defense where you could really shine there, but that's not going to happen. But I just, at this point, like, I don't know if I care like who it is. Like, I just, I want this guy gone. You know what? I'm doing this. I'm going to segue because I'm the host. So I can do this. I'm going to segue right into the penthouse and boys, I'm stealing it. I'm going first. And I mean this sincerely. I wanted to give this guy huge props, Chris Tabor. Chris Tabor, I thought, did a fantastic job coaching. I thought that he uh, called a a, a flawless game. I mean, you have an onside kick. You have a a punt return for a touchdown. You have all this incredible stuff. And to think of a guy that's already had one, one opportunity to be the interim coach, well, you know what? I mean, get Nagy out of here now and let's see what else this guy can do. I'm not saying I want to keep him long term, but I want to say he's he's coached probably better than anybody lately. Chris Tabor is definitely in my penthouse right now. Just I'm just I'm I'm thrilled with what he's been able to do. From here, let's go Brendan Jack Patrick. I, I'm actually glad you went first because I knew you were going to take Chris Tabor because and, and you know totally deservedly so because he he did have a good game um so kind of sticking with my theme i am gonna go matt Nagy's first half that was maybe outside of like two decisions the punt on the first possession where they punted in packer territory i didn't like it was cowardly and then they almost bungled the timeout trying to get points at the end of the half but you know what i gotta give credit and I don't like Matt Nagy at this point, but he did call a really good first half. They scored 27 points against Green Bay. They had the lead. They were doing everything right. I mentioned it earlier, the RPOs, the play actions with fields, getting other offensive weapons involved like Jakeem Grant, like Demir Bird, finally using your speedy wide receivers on quick slants that can just you know burn up the field. I know Bill Lazor has a huge part in that because he's calling the plays. But I was really happy with what I saw. Of course, it can't, you know, hold up for an entire game because, you know, otherwise he'd actually be a competent head coach. But I'll give him credit for the first 30 minutes because I was impressed with what I saw for that specific period of time. 
I just wish we could actually see it on a consistent basis. And maybe this team wouldn't make me cry every night. I was thinking the same. I thought it's interesting that he was able to, or the Bears staff was able to string together a pretty darn good plan, both offensively and defensively in the first half. As we've covered, I think, well, there was no adjustments made. And I think in some ways that really highlights the problem here is that you can't seemingly string together a series of good schemes and a series of, of, of good adjustments. And you, and you can't hang with other, other teams if you can't string any of those together. And I also thought, I wonder if people will think this is odd if I say it. If we see that type of electric play on a week in and week out basis, now we've got something. And, and I, I almost think that because we're so starved for that kind of thing, that perhaps people would be like, well, that's not even feasible. Like, how do you, how do you, like, we're not going to do that week in and week out, but we see the teams that are really, really electric and good and successful. That's what they do. Like, that's not an ab, like, not every once in a while do you have an amazing play that just makes you go, wow and smile from ear to ear but you get them week in and week out the best i can do here is co-sign if it's okay with you on special teams uh already uh, you know grant had a punt return of 97 yards he had one for 34 yards he had the touchdown as you mentioned uh herbert had a 42 yard kickoff return o'donnell's consistent game in and game out game out uh, santos was three for three uh you know in field goals uh, you mentioned the, the onside kick you know, it's a third phase and you got to win all three phases. And I thought the, the special teams, if anybody belongs in the Rain Man suite, if anybody belongs in the penthouse after that game, it, it, you can make a great case for the special teams being in the penthouse. A lot of love for uh, Chris Tabor, uh, who did great. Uh, had a great game. Also loved him in season two of Game of Thrones. But uh, for my penthouse, <laughs> for my penthouse, I'm going well with uh, Jalen Johnson's shade throwing abilities. So before I get to the the um, post game, let's back up a little bit and go back to when he was fined for being late to a meeting and he threw the letter out there on Instagram and then kind of walked it back afterwards. But I think it was clear he was rubbed the wrong way that he got fined for being a minute late to a meeting. And then in the midst of that, that long losing streak, uh, right before the Thanksgiving game, I think it was where he seemed to um, kind of call out Matt Nagy and said, you know, the time for rah-rah speeches is over. Uh, I think everybody reading between the lines kind of felt like he was directing that at, at Nagy um, and talked about the need to, to, you know, just start winning and, and enough with the talk. And then I don't know if anybody caught his post-game comments, but I thought they were really telling. He, he had a little – go back and watch it if you can because – couple of looks he gave uh, while he was making the comments um again maybe i'm reading too much into it but seemed like he was taking another veiled shot at Nagy, where he talked about some of the adjustments that matt lafleur made uh at halftime for his guys you know saying uh it's a beauty to see but you hate playing against it um you know i I just thought those comments juxtaposed against the lack of adjustments Matt Nagy made. And then for Matt Nagy to say in his press conference today, he didn't think that the Packers made any adjustments in the second half. Um, I don't know. It, it Maybe I'm way off base. And Mr. Johnson, if I am, I apologize. But I think you were throwing shade at Matt and, and I thought it was great and you're really good at it. So uh, I'm putting it in my penthouse. All right, boys. I just want to have a couple quick thoughts that that I have jotted down here that, that we haven't really gotten to. I think we talked briefly about it, but 
to your point, Shells, you're talking about Jalen Johnson. I, I thought he played a stellar, what, first quarter and uh, deep into the second quarter. It wasn't until the uh, Packers shifted him into the slot and then left guys like Isaiah Crawford and Artie Burns to cover the most premier wide receiver in the NFL. Like, dude, that that was a Sean Desai. If that's you, woof. That was that was a rough one. Before Roquan got hurt with the hamstring again, did you guys see that hit on AJ Dillon? He hurt AJ Dillon. Like AJ, it took him a while to come back. Packers fans love to talk about how good AJ Dillon is. If Roquan remained in the game healthy, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think he has nearly the yards that he does. I don't get why Packers fans are so obsessed with the guy's quads. I've never seen anything like it. And, and okay. Worth must have mentioned how much he weighed. Oh, I don't know, a dozen times. Uh, my son tweeted or my son texted me, "Hey, Dad, do you know how much Dylan weighs?" Because I, I I haven't heard, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, "Well, just listen in. You're gonna find out. He, he weighs a lot. He's got big thighs." Can I can I make a real quick point? Um, just piggybacking off of yours, Ryan, talking about some of the defensive backs out there and. Um, I thought this game really highlighted the poor roster construction and the lack of depth for all the folks that are still uh, in, in the keep pace camp or God forbid promote pace camp. Why? I mean, this roster is bad. It's bad. You've got guys like Artie Burns and Xavier Crawford and Joe Schmuckatelli in the secondary, uh, you know, couldn't cover, couldn't cover anybody. And, um, this idea that I, I, I saw a banter around Twitter today that maybe Pace should get the promotion. Like, why? I thought I thought Waddle nailed it today. Like, wait a second. We're going to remove a guy from a position because he's not good enough, but then we're going to promote him and have him play a role in selecting the guy to replace him in the role that he was removed from because he wasn't good enough. The mind-boggling nature of that rationale uh is something else and i the roster is bad i i don't care um how you look at it roster goes from one to 52 and uh there's no depth on this team guys and that was really highlighted this week i got two more quick hitters for you boys darnell mooney how many times this season because i don't know the answer to this i i have a number in my head but i want to know if if it's just perception or what uh how many times has the ball hit mooney in the hands deflected off and gone for an interception 73 <laughs> four somewhere in between <laughs> I, I, I one dollar i'm going one dollar I, I again i don't know the actual answer but i, I want to say it's three or four times uh which i i think about last year that the dude's hands were the thing that impressed me the most we all knew he was a fast guy but his crispness of routes and his the catchability just like he he made some amazing catches last season and this year it just seems like stone hands you know how many drops he had last year? 78. <laughs> you know I'm not good with numbers, guys. I, I'm terrible. I think I just said 52-man roster. It's 53-man roster. I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. Uh, I'm really bad with numbers. But that sounds right, Jack. I'm not going to dispute it. Last year, he had one drop. Wow. He had one. And it's, yeah, I, Ryan, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. He, he looked great. 
in camp. I mean, he had a good stretch of games too. I mean, I'm wondering if they're having him do more because Allen Robinson just doesn't have the interest in doing it, whether it's blocking or actually trying to go for a jump ball. Maybe it's all on Darnell Mooney, but it, yeah, it's, it's concerning because we all had high hopes that he could be like a high end wide receiver too. And we were talking off the air, basically how, what is he? Is he a three? Can he be a three at this point? Like he's had some flashes, but the consistency is, is kind of concerning. I, I was just going to say real quick, you know, I know I, I got on them about having more fire in their belly, but I, I also acknowledge that as much as we hate watching this product on the field, like these guys have to live it every day and report to a guy who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And so to some extent you can understand where there may be some mental lapses. There may be um, some discouragement across the board. And, and I, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe that's playing a factor in some of the, some of the play, some of the drops from Mooney. I, I don't know, but um, I'll give him, I'll give him that. I'll, I can at least understand how tough it is to play for a guy like Nagy. The Packers defensive front is very good. I got to say though, boys, I, I want to hear your thoughts. Cause I was really pretty disappointed in Tevin Jenkins. I thought he had a real rough go. Uh, some some really bad penalties, and I understand it was his first game, first NFL action, bad you know bad situation, but very unimpressed. Uh, as opposed to when I watched Larry Borum play, like I, I thought he looked solid pretty much right from the start. What do you guys kind of think about that? I think it's too early. I mean, I just don't think he. I think a couple of weeks ago we we chatted a little bit about the amount of times that uh, you know he may have even been like in full contact drills. And it's it's probably less than a handful, probably like two or three times that he was a- able to actually go full contact between the time that he like came off the IR and played in that game. So I think between that, the inability to, to he probably wasn't lifting a whole lot during that time. Um, I just think, I mean, he was thrown to the Wolves left tackle on a Sunday night football game against Green Bay in Lambeau. Yeah, right. He, he it was disappointing. It would have been nice to see him show up a little bit better, but I think we're on this theme like constantly of the extent to which players on this squad are put in positions to be successful. I know that's a drum I've been beating all year long. Is that a place for the guy to be successful? I I would really love you know. And again, we have all the full gamut of responses. It seems like from from Bears fans, that's a guy like I'm really willing to wait and see. Same with. All the young talent on this team, really. I'm truly willing to wait and see. Yeah, I got to disagree with you there, buddy, because I think that Tevin Jenkins cares more about what goes on the Christmas tree at Hallis Hall. Did you hear how good that tree looks? He cares so much about that tree. He doesn't care about playing an offensive line. No, not really. But no, I, I agree. I definitely do agree with you in all seriousness. He got punched in the face. He did no. I mean, really, there was no plan for him to play. Aggie said, I'm going with Peters. And he's like, we'll kind of cross that bridge when we get there with Tevin Jenkins. Well, guess what? You're crossing the bridge now because Peters has, you know, had to leave the game. And I'm at least glad he got some snaps in, in a hostile environment. And Tevin Jenkins has played in some big games and he got punched in the mouth. Let's see how he responds. So I want to see, and, and you're right with, with all of the, the lack of practices, the lack of reps, at least Larry Borum had a decent amount of practices in camp, even though he was injured at times. It's a huge different story. Plus Larry Borum played primarily, I guess he switched a little bit, but primarily 
No, I'm gonna I'm gonna scrap that. He was doing left and right tackle. That's a bad point, but the point remains. I, I'm happy that Jenkins got in and I want to see him actually with a full week of practice as a starter before making any further judgments. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a quick shout out to Yerko. I he knocked this one out of the park when they brought him uh brought Jenkins off of IR and opened up the window for him to come back. And Nagy said something like, yeah, you know, um, we're going to try to get a look at him, but he's going to be used as depth primarily. You know, Yurko said that tells me that he's not ready yet. And I, I think we saw that, right? So for whatever reason, if it wasn't, he doesn't have the reps, um, not physically, you know, doesn't have the strength yet or the, the game legs or whatever it is. I think it was clear he's not ready for primetime yet. And the Bears did him no favors. Jack, you, you nailed it. When was the last time this team put a player in a position to succeed? Um, no chipping, no helping, uh, just throwing this guy to the wolves in his first game. And yeah, he played bad, right? Like we can be objective and we can say there were things that he did real poorly uh, and also recognize that the team didn't put him in the best position to succeed, which is a theme on the offensive line. Like whether it's, you know, the, the musical chairs with white hair and Daniels and shuffling them around. And now you've got, Borum playing right tackle and them trying to shoehorn Jenkins in the left tackle. And maybe he's more comfortable at right tackle. And now Nagy's like, well, yeah, that's something. Everything's on the table. We may look to move him back to right tackle. And geez, if they're not going to go through this musical chairs again on the offensive line and get absolutely no cohesion, um, they're, they're a mess. And so, yeah, he didn't play great, but they did him no favors out there uh, last night. You guys are really smart. I'm going to say this again. I think you should, I don't know, just hear me out. Take your collective bears thoughts and I don't know, put them in some kind of audio format where people <laughs> would listen to it. I, uh, I don't know. If only there was a forum of some sort that we could do that through. <laughs> okay. If you heard my voice, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, and I've got a face for radio. So, okay. All right, boys. I think it is safe to say we're going to, we're going to get to Papa Sheldon's moment in just, in, in just a second here. I think it's safe to say that our upcoming guest is the biggest guest the bear down report has ever had. Is that, a, is that a fair statement here, boys? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. is. I, I, I know Bre- this is like, it's simultaneously happening that Brendan has a very big guest that is nearly confirmed and it, it sounds like it's going to happen. So we're, we're three. I mean, like, I think he's probably the biggest we've ever had, but then the guest that's coming in and the episode will probably drop Wednesday after the Mike, the Vikings Monday night game would be my guess that this guest is by far the biggest we've ever had on this show. And I say that like Anthony Adams has been on this show. Adrian Peterson, the Bears' Adrian Peterson has been on this show. Eric Kramer has been on this show. Uh, you know, we had Matt Lacoste, who currently plays for the New England Patriots. This guy, much bigger. Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, what, what nuggets can we leave out there for our listeners without giving away who this person is? Like, you got to be really careful, boys. We, we can't give too much away. But this is big, 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 big time for the BDR. I think we can just... Um safely say safely say that this is a very big guest he's a chicago bear of the highest rank in terms of chicago bears 
top tier Chicago Bear. Last thing I'll say. Ooh, ooh, I don't even know. Do I get? I think I okay. I think I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna say it. He played for a team that was in a Super Bowl. That is all I will say, and we will leave it at that. We couldn't be more thrilled about it. Uh, I, I know I'm a little nervous going into it. Uh, J Dubs, are are you a little nervous about this one? We got Rex Grossman. You didn't <laughs> tell me that, Ryan. We got Rex Grossman coming on. I've already told I've already told my Rex Grossman story. We'll move on okay. from there. All right. It is time to get to a Papa Sheldon moment. Papa Sheldon, put us on your knee. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna uh, talk to the folks who got on Twitter today or social media or on ESPN 1000 or 670 the score and openly question whether Justin Fields is the guy. And I say this with as much respect as possible. And as much love as possible, but you got farts in your head. If you woke up this morning and your first thought was, "Mm, I'm not sure Justin Fields is the guy or he may he may be a bust or uh, I don't think he's as good as as we thought he was. uh, Man, I, I don't know what you're watching, right? Like if you're making a conclusive evaluation about a player eight starts into his NFL career. Uh, that's a huge mistake. The same people, many of them, spent the last four years defending Mitch Trubisky to death and cited, in many cases, rightfully so, all of the deficiencies and problems with this team, whether it was the roster construction or the poor offensive line or the lack of weapons um, on offense or the poor coaching, the poor scheme. Um, and And for some reason, we forget that those problems still exist. And in many cases, they're even worse, right? He played with two rookie tackles last night. He was pressured on half of his dropbacks. If you watch Baldy's breakdowns today, he hit the floor the first four plays of the game. He was put in the ground, okay? His offensive line's not giving him a whole lot of time to do anything uh, with the football. And this guy is still somehow finding a way to make plays, to scrounge out some offense, to put up some yards, that interception, that pick six was bad, right? We can, we can be objective and we can criticize him for when he plays poorly, but then he bounced back and showed the, the kind of onions that I think we all know he's got, right? And uh, marched down the field on that, that touchdown to Bird right after the pick six. I just don't understand it. I don't understand why we gave Mitch four years of grace. And after eight starts, we've got some people out there who um, are openly questioning whether this, this guy is the guy Uh, I think he will be. So you got a chance to delete those tweets now before they're screenshotted and and emblazoned in history forever, uh, because I'm going to be relentless uh, when he does turn out to be the guy. Well said, Papa Sheldon. Well said. All right, Jack, we're anxious to hear your question uh, for this week. Let's go, buddy. All right, gentlemen, I would like to know, and so are the listeners, what is the wackiest belief that you held as a child? Let's go with Brendan, Patrick, Ryan Dangle, and I will anchor it. I got three of them that I'm just going to fire off right off the bat. I already shared this with the guys, but I'm going to say it again. I thought Reno 911 was a real show when I was young. 
I thought that they were just horrible cops. I couldn't believe the people that they were arresting. <laughs> I didn't understand why the one guy had super short shorts. It took me a long time to realize that that was just a stupid comedy show. And I felt stupid as a child. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before that, obviously, there's an elephant in the room. My last name. I'm watching that show. I think it's hysterical. And then I go, wait, Lieutenant Dangle? Like, come on. Like, that's (laughs) it's just not cool. But it did make for a really good Halloween costume. And so I'll just put that out there. Ooh, well, okay, nice. You got to have photos of that. Maybe. All right, let's hear these other two. Come on, let's go. All right. All right. All right. The other two. Um, I was afraid to eat Gushers for many years because I thought they actually turned your head into fruits and I wasn't ready to go down that path yet. I mean, I think I accidentally <laughs> had one one time and I'm like, okay, I'm bracing for it. What's going to happen? Cause you guys remember the commercials, you eat a gusher and the kids, you know, head would turn into a giant like watermelon or, you know, cherry or something. It's legit. I could see why you'd think that was this like a couple years ago or was this when you were like six or seven? 16. Thank you, Jack. Anyway, were you eating at McDonald's while (laughs) this was happening? I don't. And was I working there? (laughs) Was I was I eating a Happy Meal while watching a Gushers commercial? Be like, no, can't do it. (laughs) And then finally, um, this one, this one is probably just the dumbest one of all time. Uh, so one time I was like, I don't know, maybe like six or seven. And I was a huge Star Wars fan. I know, Dangle, you can uh, you can relate. We bonded over this a lot. I was at a circuit city with my parents and I was just being a complete little asshole, pressing all these buttons and everything and asking my mom, what does this do? What does this do uh, with all the computers? And finally, she just looks at me when I'm saying like, oh, what's this button doing? She's like, it blows up the entire store. <laughs> You guys would not believe the shock and horror I had thinking that there was a button in a circuit city that (laughs) blew up the entire store. And I was thinking, what happens if somebody pushes that? Why do they have this? Could I actually push it and get out of there while getting out alive? And this, this took place for, you know, longer than I care to admit until I realized, wait, that, that was just stupid. Those are great. but it is funny the things that you yeah i think well either your parents lied to you about something right and you just bought it hook line and sinker or your mind just worked overtime on things you know that you're just like trying to figure out what's real and what's fake well shells what do you got Uh, i got a couple uh real quick ones so my uh, keep in mind i grew up um italian and catholic so uh i knew all sorts of levels of guilt and I honestly believed for a long time that not eating all my food was like a legit sin that I needed to confess to uh, a priest during confession um, because my grandmother ingrained it into me when I didn't finish my meal, that it was a sin. So probably why I was like a buck 80 in the third grade um, and still have shirts today that that were snug then that are pretty loose fitting today. Uh, and if you don't believe me guys before the next show, I'll, I'll actually show you one. I've got a t-shirt that I, I wore in like when I was six and it, and it fits me perfectly now. Um, the other one, one of the other ones was that, um, if I ate pop rocks that I, my stomach would explode. Uh, so I ever ate pop rocks, um, still to this day, I'm still not a hundred percent certain that was a urban legend. So I'm not going to eat them. 
wasn't that wasn't that Mikey Mikey the life cereal guy? Yeah, yeah. And he like allegedly uh, ate pop rocks and then drank coke and and then met a tragic end. Yeah, like, that was always the rumor. Do we know that that's not true? Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had pop rocks with soda before, so you might be onto something. I yeah. Shells, it was all about the chaser for me. Did you drink a lot of milk with your meals? Because if it was something I didn't like, I'd go through like a half gallon of milk. I'd take a bite, chase it with milk. I mean, it took me forever to get through things like potato salad and liver forever. No, I uh, I wasn't a big milk drinker back in the day. I still am, am not a big milk drinker. The last one was, uh, so when I first became a Bears fan, I was five years old. And uh, I grew up thinking the Bears were a competent franchise. Turns out they are not. Joke's on me. The worst one of all. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. Uh, It's got real sad. (laughs) So I, I, I think I remember asking a friend, I was much older than I should have been. Like, hey, when you went to like space camp, what was the anti-gravity chamber like? And they're like, dude, that's, that's not a thing. That's, that's not real. Um, and they all laughed at me and, uh, yeah, so that, that's me. I thought there was anti-gravity chamber and you could just go and hang out and float around, but no, that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, doesn't exist. It kind of bums me out now that I still was holding on to a belief that that was true. You know what? But that means that means space camp isn't all that cool. Like space camp sounded so cool as a kid, but clearly it's not. So you, you didn't miss out on anything. I thought for the longest time that if the ice cream truck went through the neighborhood with its music on, that that meant that it was out of ice cream. Thanks, mom. Oh that's, oh, that's awful. You poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was, it was always out. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> I can just picture Jack in the corner like, son of a bitch, he's out again. Like, every time with this guy. The one the one time he catches the guy, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm actually out of ice cream. It's like, but, but your, Wait, your music isn't on. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the other thing was I thought when I was little – that there was like, like kind of like a food pipe, like a water pipe, right? And like somehow like in your body, things were separated, right? And that's why like when you peed, like you peed. And when you went number two, you went number two. So like I was always like living in fear that somehow things would like get crossed up. And then like I would have to like have to actually like, <laughs> no, I'm going with this, right? I was like, shoot, what if I have to poop? <laughs> <You're my thingy. laughs> that would be terrible. So that was, yeah, I was, that was another one I just got. <laughs> All right, guys, this has been fun. I'm getting- oh, my God. <laughs> we are completely off the rails, completely off the rails. All right, boys, there's no way to follow that. So we're going to head to shout outs. Let's go Shagru. Jack Wright, Sheldon, and I will finish it up. All right. I don't have any Twitter shout outs, but I'm going to shout out two guys who were at the Bears Packers game yesterday. First one is the parking attendant at Lambeau Field or somewhere adjacent to Lambeau Field who is wearing a Walter Payton jersey. Shout out to you, man, because God bless you. You were a true warrior. 
to pull a move like that, to park people's cars. I mean, they're Packer fans, so I'm sure they're driving like 1992 Sabres or pickup trucks or just, you know, wagons at this point. But hey, you know what? You got a job to do and you're doing it well. So thank you. The other shout out goes to the drunken guy who in the Dan Hampton jersey who was just yelling F you over and over at Lambeau Field. And that was according to Adam Hogue. And the first one was from Jason Leisure. So the Bears reporters were just, you know, giving us all good nuggets yesterday. So shout, shout out to Adam Hogue and Jason Leisure for bringing us those guys who made me laugh. So we, we desperately needed it. Well, I think since this was a largely Chris Collinsworth-themed show, I ran across Chris Collinsworth says dumb stuff at stupid SNF says. And it's there's some gems on there. Uh, it uh, chronicles many of the uh, words of wisdom that we've been going over with uh, Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football. Also been having interactions with Jeremy Layton quite a bit on Twitter this week. Great, uh, really great uh, analysis. Just seems like a chill guy, fun to interact with on Twitter. So shout out to Jeremy Layton at Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, Layton, L-A-Y-T, capital O, N. So uh, real quick, I got a, I got a couple quick ones. Um, this is going to be weird, but shout out to Jason Lockhanfora. Uh, even if it was just for like eight minutes, giving me hope that the Bears may reorganize and um, install a president of football operations. I was sitting in my car. Uh, I had reserve duty this weekend and I'm sitting in my car and I saw that tweet. And uh, before I went in and like for like a good nine minutes, guys, I was riding high, thought about going AWOL and just getting drunk and celebrating. Um, and then I was like, oh shit, it's lock hand four. It can't be true. And then like within a minute, <laughs> Trace Armstrong tweeted out like, no, this isn't true. Um, so, but Hey, thanks for that. That nine minutes. It was amazing. Jason. Uh, God, that, that sounds awful. Um, clip that please. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Yeah. That's what no. Nine that's minutes. What Let's that's- take two, take two. Uh, <laughs> and then another real quick one. Um, if you're into sports cards, uh, as my kids are, and you like box breaks, like this is a thing that I've gotten into because my kids like them and I knew nothing about them. There's a really great guy out there um, on Instagram, Windy City Cards. It's underscore Windy City Cards underscore. Awesome dude. Chicago guy. Can't say enough about him. My kids love the cards that they get. Uh, it's a lot of fun you know, doing a box break. The kids love to see what kind of cards they get out of it. It, it, It's a good time and he's a good dude. So um, if you like sports cards and you're into box breaks, go give him some support. Uh, You won't regret it. All right, boys. The mystery has been solved, but this person asked to remain anonymous instead. And I may butcher this, but the round of beers, the ridiculously generous round of beers is now from the Norman Nice Fan Club. Uh, so that's all I can say to this very awesome listener who I had a couple interactions with back and forth and uh, just really, really like this listener a lot. And I can't say this listener's name and that drives me nuts. Uh, but so to you, the I guess the president of the Norman Nice Fan Club, thank you for the round of beers. We appreciate it greatly. 
Boys, this is just kind of a general one. Our international listeners, I just keep thinking about this. We love this team, and part of it is is location, sure. Um, but even for you, Shells, like I know you're not in the Chicagoland area. Like it's one thing for you to watch; it's another thing for some of these fans that stay up till five o'clock in the morning, like to watch these games. And it just huge props to all of our our international listeners, international Bears fans as a whole. You guys are incredible, uh, Kareem Nara. Always have some great interactions. Already given Kareem a shout out earlier on this podcast for this season, uh, but just some really, really good stuff. And my last one, this one goes to Verna Hills. No, no one knows who Verna Hills is, but you've heard her work before. Verna Hills wrote The Wheels on the Bus. That is the only song that will get my daughter to go to sleep. And I have sung this song probably conservatively, I don't know, 8,462 times over the last four days. Um, And so thank you, Verna, for writing this song that gets my daughter to go the F to sleep. I appreciate it. Five five and a half months. She's almost six months. Still will not sleep through the night. So thanks, Verna. Appreciate you. Folks, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you hear, please hit us with a five-star review because that really helps to widen our audience. But if you want to do like the Norman Nice fan club president did, please uh, head to beardownreport.com. You can head to the podcast section and there's a little donate button. If you want to donate a round of beers to us, we will shout you on this podcast. You got to let us know that you did it. You know, it was a great mystery for a while, uh, but we will definitely shout you out on this podcast. Folks, we appreciate you so, so very much. And as the season begins to wind down and this football team's record gets worse and worse and worse, we know some of you are still listening and it means more than we can possibly say. For Jack Wright, Brennan Chagru, Patrick Sheldon, I'm Ryan Dangle. For all of us at the Bear Down Report podcast, thank you so much, folks. And as always, bear down.